When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Empire Rules podcast sponsored by Blue Collar Street Food. Been joined the day after a really, really big result for Reading by two Reading fans. Paul, joining me from Norfolk. Paul, how's your holiday going? Uh, even better now we picked up those three points i was i mean if i had a weight trace nearby i would have gone but unfortunately no i couldn't be bothered and i was too drunk i couldn't have done it it's a terrible excuse really um (laughs) and jess you have your own excuse for not going to the game last night being that you are over the other side of the atlantic ocean yeah, a little bit too far for me. You know, I just couldn't get on the plane for one match from Atlanta. But I wish, on that note, I wish they would get Waitrose over here. I feel like it would succeed. What's the one Waitrose product you're missing the most, Jess? I, I like the meal deal. We don't have sandwiches. You can't get pre-packed sandwiches over here. It's a nightmare. America needs to be binned off. That is a disgrace. How can you it's have horrible. no sandwiches? You got and the bread, the bread the same, here lasts for five weeks. You can literally get your bread and it won't go moldy for five, six weeks. Okay, I don't know what chemicals are in there. That, that scary, that's isn't it? scary. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not good. Not good at all. One thing which is good, we'll look at now the game last night. Paul, the team pretty much the same as Saturday starting lineup, except Tom Ince was out for Junior Hoylet. Surprised that Baba Raman didn't start yesterday, potentially, given that. McIntyre struggled on Saturday, especially for the first half. And do you think it's a surprise that he wasn't back in the lineup, even though we didn't win? I don't think he's that fair. I think that's probably the answer to that, isn't it? I think he's probably okay to be on the bench if we need him for maybe 15 minutes. But I don't think he's, he's probably been rushed back a little bit. I think that's the reality with him. And it seems like Hoyler had a really good game. Um, putting the cross for the get for the goal, so he might have a little bit of a dilemma going forward. But yeah, last night I wasn't that surprised to see McIntyre starting, but I totally understand why people want to see Barry Roman uh, playing because he's he's a natural left back and <sighs> bless Tom, he tries there, but he's not his position, is it? <laughs> no, no, it's not. But you know what? I think that when you have a team that's done well and grinded out a result, sometimes you don't want to break that momentum down. And like you say, Paul, look at the injury issues that Reading has. Do you want to risk and rush someone like you say and put them in and then you make it worse? And then we don't know if he's going to make it at all for any matches this season. So perhaps a bit of a cautionary decision on the back end that we don't know 100% about. Totally, yeah. And I guess given the... uh... Given the injuries that did come over the international break, we don't really want to see any extras appearing now with only six games to go because realistically we're close to the finish line and any injuries which cost us are, are going to be absolutely catastrophic potentially. Um, Jess, Reading did start yesterday very, very quickly. Um, it, it was a pretty impressive start, all things told, and Ajaria had the first chance pretty much only five minutes in. 
Yeah, we, we got off to a great start, a fantastic start. I feel like there was a different energy about the team and it, perhaps because we're playing at home, I thought the crowd was brilliant. I get to hear the crowd on, on the stream that I get to watch and I think it's fantastic and we underestimate sometimes the advantage of playing at home. We got the goal and then things went a bit flat and sometimes, you know, we talk about in football, sometimes getting a goal a bit too early and perhaps feeling, okay, we've done our hard work, we got our goal, now let's sit back. And that's not a smart way to do it. And unfortunately for me, it looked like a different side after we scored the goal. We took our foot off the gas a little bit and got shaky in possession. And it was a bit back to the rocky Red NFC that we have seen continually this season. So I, I thought we could take a lot from the way we started, but it was disappointing that we couldn't continue with momentum after scoring the goal and, you know, we got lucky to not concede sooner and then worse timing to concede a goal as well right before the halftime break. Yeah, I mean, momentum is obviously critical. And, and Paul, with the um, with that start, Ajaria had a chance, what was it, five minutes in. The ball's floated over from the right-hand side to him and he finds it kind of tangled up under his feet I'm not sure he's really expecting this ball to to end up coming to all the way through to him. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think he'd ideally like to have taken a shot straight away, wouldn't he? But he's just slightly miscontrolled it. It's not a massive miscontrol. And then if he would have looked up for a split second, John Swift was completely open in the middle of the goal and he would have had a tap in. But it's easy to say that while sat here and you're not actually involved in like the adrenaline of playing. <laughs> and like you're thinking, I must get a shot on target here. But I think Ovi Ajara is going through a bit of a frustrating period uh, to be completely kind to him. I don't You're being very nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am being very nice here because I love Ovi. <laughs> I'm completely Me biased. too. But um, I want him to do well, but it's just not working on. I, I don't know what's happening in his life. I've no idea. All these things can have a factor. But when you see him on the pitch, he just looks confused. But one thing I looked at, I looked at the stats last night, and he had the best passing accuracy of anyone who started the match last night. So it's kind of confusing. Is that because he's not being positive enough with his passing? So he's being a little bit safe? Or I don't know. What do you both think? What do you think, Jeff? Do you think maybe he's kind of not taking risks like he used to when he's at his best? Yeah, I think even in his body language, right, when he's playing at times, unfortunately, it just doesn't look 100% that he wants to be there. But the thing with Ovi Ajaria, right, is we know he has the ability. No one can question how talented of an individual he is on his day, which is why... You want him in your team because of those moments of magic he can put out, but it's difficult because we're exposing him to a lot of things that are probably dwelling on his mind as well. And when you make those errors, when you don't find the connecting passes that you want to, it it's going to just keep building up in a frustrating momentum for him. But I think you're right. I don't think he's taken the risks that he is most successful for. It's high risk, high reward. Is he not taking those risks because he's scared of making an error, you know, but the one thing I want to see from his game that I think was lacking is if you make an error, you've got to work to get back. You've got to make those recoveries. And I think that's what makes it so frustrating as a fan to watch, because listen, every player on this pitch is going to make an error, right? And if you're a forward player or a midfielder, you can get away with making those errors because you have time to get back and recover. But he doesn't seem to bust himself enough when he turns the ball over to make up for it, which is frustrating to watch. Yeah, that moment in the first half when we we have a corner, it you know at the uh, at the Stoke end, and 
Ajaria picks the ball up from a loose corner, loses the ball on the edge of the Stoke area, and Stoke on the break there. Drinkwater is the one who's chased 60 yards down to make the tackle in our own area. Heroic, man. That was Great. brilliant from Drinkwater. <laughs> like, proper gut-busting run from Drinkwater to, to make that tackle. Ajaria picks the ball back up, and then he tries to beat two players in our own area. And it's the the, the decision-making, it just completely is... It just feels lacking at the minute. Um, that those two moments were just completely mind-boggling. The tackle, the tackle which he uh, injured—I can't remember the Stoke player who got injured, but the Stoke player who was injured during the first half—he was probably lucky to stay on the field. I think for this tackle, it could have been a red card. And after that, his game just kind of went completely flat. Um, I, it's it's a difficult one to see whether he is going to remain in the team on Saturday, given that you've got, you know, Ince who can come back into the team, Hoylet, who arguably had a very, very good game last night, but they're both right. They both play on the right, of course, and Ajari is on the left. So it's how do you balance that back out? Um, so I think it's going to be an interesting decision on Saturday as to whether Ajari is going to start or not. I'd we predict do- it will. I think, think he will. Start. I think we're, I think Paul Ince will probably see something in him and think, I just want to keep going with him because yeah. we'll probably see him in training. It's that moment of magic yeah. that you know he has in him, and mm. honestly, with how his mental headspace is too, you wonder what damage it does dropping him. You know, like if he yeah. gets dropped, he's not going to be someone. I don't think that it's going to motivate. You have those players that you drop, and then they want to come off the bench and prove themselves. I don't know if that does it for him. I think it might be the nail in the coffin in terms of his confidence of playing, unfortunately. Just just goes through the floor. I think I think you're right. If he's dropped, it's just his his mind is just gonna completely go and the season's over for him if he, if he's dropped, um, probably in his head. We do yeah, he's a quiet him. guy though, from everyone what says. He's not like a loud out there no. person. He doesn't really have social media at all. I don't know what that really means, but it's just a kind of example. <laughs> he's not like he's not like in your face as a personality. You know, you get like Lucas Jow like putting up five thousand stories <laughs> like a regular basis. <laughs> That's not gonna be him at all. So I the think... modern footballer, the the yeah, yeah, just... life of a modern footballer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I mean, but I just think it kind of like if you I agree that if you were to drop him, I'm not sure it'd work out that well. Maybe, but I don't I think it's a very interesting one for summer. I know he's contracted for summer and I know we don't have many players, but it's gonna be interesting if a team comes in and offers, I don't know, two and a half or three million pounds and we get back the money we paid for him, it's gonna be interesting to see whether it's a a case of selling him and, and reinvesting into two or three players which you can you know spread the spread the wealth around the team a bit more he's gonna have a magic season somewhere i just know he is he's just got too much ability and he just needs to link it all together and at some point it will work out for him when to release the ball when not to release it kind of like speed up his game slightly when he gets into the final third i think that's the floor in his game that lets him down we have been saying this for two years though yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's I know. so hard, though, because you yeah. see his potential, and that's what makes it It's so disappointing when you see players with so much quality that you know they can do it, and you're just, like, rooting for them. And yeah. It, yeah. it's just you see the flashes every now and then that make you want to hold on, but at the same time, it's got a consistency as the mark of a quality player, and once in a couple of games isn't, isn't consistent enough. Yeah, and at some point you have to think, we need the money. Yes, the <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, yeah, <laughs> at some point you have to think. But on a different positive thing, I just want to say we just mentioned it before. 
Danny Drinkwater, has he been actually in the top two of the best players in the last two matches? Because he's taken a lot of stick, definitely off me. The last really last well. two and a half games, he's probably been our second best player, I would say. It's like someone's grabbed him by the shoulders and shook him. You know, like yeah. you're meant to be a leader. You're meant to be someone with so much quality experience. But right now, when you don't perform, all these players that look up to you as a leader and fans that are expecting something big on you are just... You know, it's a catalyst for errors. So when he plays well, I think the whole team feels like they get him on the back. And a couple of the challenges he puts in are those challenges that get you on your feet, whether you're a fan, whether you're a player. So big fan of the last two weeks. But again, consistency. We need to see this for the remaining matches from him. Yeah, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of cynical people out there about Danny Drinkwater and the fact that he's playing because he's got a contract out in summer and things like that. And I mean, yeah, that's probably the easy, simple way to look at it. I think in reality, playing for somebody in a, a manager who is a you know former England captain who's also played in the Premier League, who's also won the Premier League, it it probably it gives him a little bit more respect. Um, and he you saying that someone's put him in his place? Probably a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. Um, yeah, and I, like I think if, so. that's, if that's what's happened, then fantastic. I'm not going to complain. I Reading. wish I was a fly on the wall for that conversation. I oh, yeah, I'd love to be. Imagine to be a that. Part of. <laughs> multiple, multiple conversations. I would love to. Have I've won the Premier League. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, Danny, let me tell you what I've won. <laughs> <laughs> don't know where, I don't know where Amazon Prime have been this year, but Reading would have been an absolute minefield, a gold mine, sorry, for, for uh, content this year. We do score. And uh, as you say, Paul, we do need the money from sales in summer and, and players leaving because players like Junior Hoylet are out of contract in summer. And there is the potential that he could still be here next year. Uh, he puts in a cross after about 15 minutes, uh, a brilliant cross into the six yard box for Michael Morrison. Morrison, he doesn't really have a lot of time to, to do anything with this heads it pretty much straight at the keeper and, and Reading finally get a slice of luck here with the goal. Yeah, no, I think it's a brilliant cross there from Hoyler. And I think Hoyler overall this season has been a positive player. He had a dip of form and then Ince has come into the team. Uh, Ince Jr., I'll call him. It's very difficult with that situation. He comes in and I think he's performed. his performances just seem to have got better over the last month. But Morrison, good header initially. Uh, pretty good save as well, you got to say. Um, is it handball? I'm not no, sure. I don't think it is. T-shirt line. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a change in the room. Yeah, yeah. It's but if it was against us, we'd be like, oh, no, we want fire. We want fire. We need it now. <laughs> no. I don't know. Like, their coach made the comment about how he thinks VAR would have ruled it out, but he needs to understand mm. the rule first and foremost. Like, it's on his T-shirt line, which is what they've said is, you know, the mark of what's a handball or not. And... It's not a handball, but even if it was, I feel like we've deserved a slice of luck, like you say, Paul. It's about time and something goes in our favour and that's what you get. I love that from Morrow, though, the following up and gambling and just putting your body on the line to try and get it in the back of the net again shows the passion he has. So I think he's a, you know, a very passionate player and his celebration showed it too. Key moment on Saturday as well with the pass to Josh Lyon. I mean, mm -hmm. he's really stepped up again, hasn't he? I mean, I never doubt um, Morrison's commitment to anything um, <laughs> at all. He's always fully there. It's just performances dip up and down. My, um, I guess with the with the t-shirt line rule, 
I would quite like to see the reintroduction of Leroy Lita, you know, baggy t-shirt then, if that's going to be the case. You know, <laughs> Can you imagine if you have some long-ass sleeves, like it's I down to your elbow? Yeah, Reading, come on. Um, that's that's got to be the case. Uh, the rest of the first half, as Jess kind of alluded to earlier on, the rest of the first half, Reading, I wouldn't say they sat back necessarily, but they, they, they definitely took their foot off the gas after they went 1-0 up. Um, and although Stoke didn't create anything, let's like not give Stoke any, you know, too much credit here. Stoke didn't create anything for the whole first half. Reading were definitely not as as on it for the remainder of the first half. And Stoke managed to get themselves back into the game just, just before half time with what I thought at the time was a pretty good strike. But having watched the replay, I'm kind of less impressed by the strike now that I've seen it because it seems to be kind of straight at the keeper. Yeah, it? yeah, you know, it's a, a tough one. When as I a watched keeper it yourself, live, yeah. It was a bit of perspective. So when I watched it live, I thought that it was a rocket, honestly. And I was about to yell at the de- defenders because in my mind, you've got a step. He has too long to look up. And from that range, you shouldn't be given the opportunity to take a strike, right? You should be stepping up to it, closing the ball. There was too much time. I thought maybe there was a deflection, but the more I watch it back, the more that it's down his throat. And the minute he gets hands on it, I think that's the biggest thing, right? If it takes a deflection and you're going in one direction and the ball's in the other, you're going to let it, you're going to let it slide. But the minute you get hands on it, you've got to be strong enough in your wrist. You've got to be strong enough in your push to deflect it over the crossbar. To me, it just almost looked like he was caught off guard and scared of the strike. It sounds silly, but he didn't give it any push. He kind of just put his hands up there to meet it. And I think he underestimated you know, the power of the ball too late. And it's a shocking one, really, to concede. And the issue is that those are dangerous goals to concede because you allow them back in the game. You allow them momentum. I think we're grateful that it happened right before half time in some ways because if they had been able to build up some momentum after scoring that goal, they may have been able to be more dangerous. We got into the halftime break. We're able to regroup, sort of slow that momentum for them and have to start again after the half. Yeah, I think he's going to be so disappointed with that one, isn't he? I mean, he's been good too. He has been good in the games yeah. that we've seen. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I think he's been another good signing. I, uh, it kind of shows why clubs have let him go, doesn't it? He's, yeah. got, he's got that kind of level of error in you. We can all make mistakes as goalkeepers or anyone on the pitch. These things happen, but there's a kind of level, and you think. But also, how's he going to come back from it? Because we mm-hmm. saw early in the season, Southwood made a mistake. And then he makes a succession of mistakes. Is Nylon got the ability to kind of like get that? It's of his all hair. about mental headspace yeah. for goalkeepers in general. It's such a mentally draining position to play. It's so unforgiving. Again, you mentioned everyone can make mistakes, but at the end of the day, if you miss a penalty, you have the opportunity to score a goal. You can't wipe off a goal that you've conceded against you. But we've had a real tough time with goalkeepers. You mentioned Southwood, and I know that he's an academy kid and he came up, he's made some big saves, but he's young and there's still parts of his game he needs to work on. Then we had the injury to, what's his face, you know, <laughs> falling over or whatever he did. And yeah. I, I think we've had a really rough time of goalkeeping. And when you have a goalkeeper that's not got the trust of his defenders and when you're switching up that back line and the goalkeepers, it's always going to leave room for defensive errors because consistency is key with your back line. You have to get used to your goalkeeper. You have to get used to who's playing alongside you, who's going to step, who's going to hold. And I think that's why we've had some real difficulties defending because of the rotating door when it comes to goalkeepers and defensive personnel. Yeah, I think I agree that the consistency with the goalkeeper position this year is just, 
it, it's just completely gone. We've had four different goalkeepers. It, it's very similar to the season we had with Gomez coming in when we had four goalkeepers play that year. And it, you, once you've had, you know, even t- even more than two, it's 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 going to be very very difficult for your central defenders and your you know your defensive players to have that confidence in the goalkeeper because there's just not that um, there's not that level of cohesion between them necessarily. So it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the kind of the reaction is from both him and the, the rest of the defence when we play on, on Saturday and then when we play again next next Friday. In his fairness, he made one good save. There was a diving Later save on, that did, yeah. was actually harder than it looked. He made it look easy, but he had to move across. It took a couple of skips. When he made that save, I felt good. I was like, those are the saves that you need to make to to get that trust and confidence back. So, yeah, so hopefully he's a mature goalkeeper. In the, in the mm-hmm. second half, he, he picked up his... his uh, mistakes quite well and made a couple of decent saves in the second half. Um, so yeah, as you say, those are the ones you want. You want your keeper to be able to make those saves. Um, we did go into half time at one-one, as just said just before, like conceding just before half time. It probably, I mean, a lot of people will argue that it's a bad time to concede, given the way the game was going. It probably wasn't the worst time to concede if we were going to. Um, and being Reading of 21-22, we were probably going to, let's be honest. Um, haven't kept many clean sheets this season. And we came out of the second half, Paul, and the start of the second half was really slow. Stoke really bought, like, it looked like a completely different game. And Stoke had a couple of chances at the start of the second half, really. Um, Reading just were not in the game at all for the first 10 minutes of the second half. That's nerves, though, isn't it? We've, we've conceded the goal just before half-time. We know the situation. It is a must-win game. We have to win this game. And if we don't, even a draw is not really good enough. So the team, as we've seen repeatedly in the last, not even just this season, in the years go, the last three or four years, once we concede the goal, we just go into panic mode and we sit back and we get deeper and deeper. Paul Ince was talking about it after the game, saying once we scored the first goal, the mentality of the team seemed to change. And instead of trying to go forward and score another goal, we don't want the team to be kind of kamikaze and do all that. But there's a natural way of playing football when you've got more confidence in your ability and to hold on to a lead. We just don't seem to have that. And you only get that by doing it repeatedly. So it's a horrible process that you have to go through of like, it's like you're watching a teenager develop, isn't it? You kind of like, you have to go through the end, horrible bit. But once you get to, if you actually do manage to get those wins, and if we do manage to, like, towards the end of the season, pick up another, say, we got six games left, say another three or four wins, all of a sudden you've got massive momentum. And I know people saying, Paul, all those players are out of contract. But as a club, you're moving forward, Jess, aren't you? And that's what we want to see. Yeah, I think there's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy at the moment where they're so used to conceding the late goals, like Alex mentioned. They're so used to unfortunately all your hard work being undone by moments of madness, by errors, that at times I think they're so nervous about making a mistake or they're so concerned that it's going to happen again, that they actually enable it to happen again by sitting back, by inviting pressure, Mm. by not trying to, you know, get back into the game because they don't have that self-belief. Hopefully this win gives them some confidence. They've been unbeaten in several matches, but you're right, Paul. Sometimes you've got to take the risks of doing what scares you because when you see that it can be successful, it, it pays off. And I still believe, you know, even as a goalkeeper at times, 
the offensive is the best way to start your defense. You know, if you're able to attack and keep the ball away, they're not going to create any opportunities. And although Stoke were pressuring us, I, I don't think they really created too many opportunities in that first a couple, but nothing major in that first 10 minutes. Um, and a really, really good piece of work from Andy Yeardom. One is a free kick um, after about 63, 64 minutes. And just Andy Yeardom yesterday. And to be honest, Andy Yeardom for the past, I would say, six, eight weeks now, probably as much as it pains people maybe to hear it, probably since the uh, protest at Peterborough outside the, by the team coach. Since, since he came over. Since he came over and spoke to the fans. Andy Yeardom has been our absolute best player. He, he's an absolute behemoth. Uh, in terms of his performances for the it's last... It's like he wanted to prove that they were trying. Do you remember? I remember watching yeah. that video and being so far away. It was very emotional. Like hearing in his voice saying, we are trying is something that it sounds really dramatic, but it actually sticks with me and gets me almost a bit emotional talking about because I think he's done everything to defend that claim. And, and the way he has played has been fantastic. And the challenges he's put in, the runs he's made, the game management. I look, and I'm sure we'll get into it, right at the end of the match where he made an incredible run through and again earns a foul. It, it's brilliant, the energy that he's brought. And it truly feels like he's playing for the badge, which is something at times I think we've missed. And you want to believe that players want to play for this club. Unfortunately, at times it doesn't always feel that way. But to me, he has this connection with the club that he really is trying to to lead by example and I, I think he's been incredible back there and you trust him it's amazing that you trust him because some of the things he tries to do within his own half are, are insane you know when you're trying to take on and do step overs while you're defending you wouldn't want many players being in that position but I think with Yids you actually feel like he's he's gonna get out of it he knows what he's doing he needs to give a little bit of that energy to Ovi that's what he needs <laughs> well, to give. The confidence, right? The ballsiness. Yeah. The ballsiness that he shows. He just needs to push it. Because in, in a midfield, you can get away with that ballsiness even yeah. more. But Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I love Andy Eden. I think he represents what you want in your club. He's, He'll give everything in every single game. He's going to be such a big mess in summer. Because let's be honest... Reading can offer him a contract, but there's going to be clubs queuing up to give him a contract. Particularly with how down. he's playing. <laughs> it's like you don't want him to play quite as well, but <laughs> you do and you do. Yeah. I think I'll I hold out hope that maybe he'll sign another contract. It's just living hope. It's false hope, probably. Yeah, you do, but you're why living, not? Why not? Reality doesn't good. So. <laughs> well, you're living in hope that the last eight weeks are his, uh, his care for the club coming through, right? Oh, no, his, no, 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 no. His care is for his life and for his family. I totally understand that, but... Um, no, I don't feel bad at all if players um, uh, decide they want to move and make more money. I've got no issue with that. But I would just love to see him at Reading because I think he's the kind of player we need. He understands playing for Reading. He's been here for quite a while now. And he's, he's a good be, player. He's, he's a good, good championship rider. Really good. Place as well next season. Because, I mean, you can see it this year with with, with Babaraman at left-back, right? The, the difference in quality between him and what we had last year with Richards... I, I don't think people necessarily appreciate the the quality we, we had necessarily with Richards at the time. People underestimate go... fullbacks all the time, though. They don't realise what an important position yeah. it is. And I, I think we've been incredibly fortunate with, to, to be able to have Andy Yeard on for whatever it is, four or five seasons now. And next season, if we bring in, I don't know, a lone player from the Premier League who struggles, we're going to feel like it's a massive drop-off. 
Yeah, thanks for that. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I thought I was coming on to talk about a win. I no, thought Andy it was going to be a lot happier, guys. Andy Yudom had played fantastic, won a really good free kick. Um, and it was a smart free kick as well, Paul. It was a it was a cutback free kick. It wasn't just whipped into the area. And it was it was good to see a, a, like a smart free kick played back to Junior Hoylet, even yeah. if he did hit it straight at the keeper. Yeah, no, it's a decent strike. Goalie has to make a save. Like we say, you never know what a goalie's going to do. We've seen from our own one during the uh, same match. But yeah, it, it's nice to see something different. And it's good to see Julian Hoyt because he has got a fantastic shot in him. I always feel that when he's around like 25 yards out from goal, there's a chance he could get a shot in, might go in, deflection, goalie like palms it out. And Lucas Chow's normally covering around that area waiting for something. So magic might happen um but yeah i think the best moment was to come though alex because just lucas jow is going to claim that goal but it's yeah. not really his is it you don't well, think I mean, so i, I thought it was lucas jow's goal i'm amazed it's goal. been yeah. like it's going towards the goal i don't know how this is given as a massive deflection radio bar said he didn't even head it when they said that i was fuming I what was absolutely fuming. they said i don't think you even touched it i was like yeah, <laughs> we definitely did yeah I, I don't know what you're talking about tim there i don't <laughs> the, the, so john swift corner very good corner again all of our corners for the last couple of games have been relatively good i i can't really say any of them have been bad deliveries and this was another good one um lucas Shaw wins it at the near post and flicks it onto to harwood bellis's head and it deflects in i i'm gonna give it to lucas Shaw because oh, i'm happy to i'm happy i don't have i'd love it to be his yeah i'm, I'm glad <laughs> i'm glad you're gonna allow that one paul because it, it yeah, i know i know he'd be so happy lucas um, when he's we'll, made his we'll whole day it, <laughs> we'll take it to the dubious goals panel um but I don't know if Reading deserved necessary to be ahead at that point, Jess. Um, but it was, you know, fantastic that we were. You take your chances, right? I think that, do we deserve it? Maybe not. Maybe they've had more of the ball, more of the opportunities. But at the end of the day, they weren't maximising their opportunities. When they got into dangerous areas, they weren't able, whether it was because of our defending or whether it was because of poor uh, forward movement from them, they weren't able to capitalise on their chances. We get an opportunity. We whip in, like you say, a very dangerous delivery. We get a goal. So at the end of the day, when you create chances to find the back of the net, uh, I think you you deserve it. And again, it, it was a refreshing finish from us. We deserved we deserved to finish it once you put that sort of ball into the box. And okay, takes a ricochet. Both goals are kind of ricochet goals, right? But again, it, it feels nice. And I like to say you make your own luck. You put balls into areas and you make your own luck for those bobbles or those deflections to take place. We uh, Can we, we just you... point out this horrendous defending from Stoke there, though? That's like our defending <laughs> oh, earlier in the season, isn't it, from set pieces? On the subject <laughs> yeah. of Stoke, I have to say, Stoke for the first 20 minutes last night, it was the most apathetic performance I've seen from any opponent playing against Reading this season. They they were the absolute definition of a team who are on the beach already. Did it feel weird them playing in green as well? I couldn't get over that it mm. was Stoke playing. The kit was so weird to me. I had to keep double checking who we were playing. I was like, who is this side? I'm, I'm also not a fan of Stoke playing it short from out the back. That's it's just wrong. That's not like, Stoke, is it? You no, don't go to Stoke, Stoke on a cold night to to be passed around the. Couldn't back. do it on a cold night in Reading, though, could they? They couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> you should definitely, you could have finished that sentence as, I'm not a fan of Stoke, Alex. You should have just stopped it there. <laughs> I would hope people listening know I'm not a fan of Stoke, but um, yeah. I'm not for what it's worth. Um, 
The yeah, the next twenty minutes or so, Reading began to drop deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, Stoke had a few chances, but I think we really, if if you've seen the highlights or you've watched the game, really, you're probably going to only remember their one golden chance that they had. And Jess, I have no idea how Brown has put this one so far over. Oh, it's uh, embarrassing! It's it's, it's horrendous dreadful it's gone so far over the bar that it's it's sailed out the stadium way down past uh the didn't you used to get a, like a lifetime supply of beer if you got the ball out the stadium isn't that what they used to try I and mean, do it might have fit blue collar if it was still there it's still traveling up wasn't it, I imagine <laughs> it was somewhere over the other side of the m4 by the time it by the time it landed because it was miles over um and it's a great chance for stoke as well he's what eight yards out He's choked. I think he's already thinking about going into the corner flag and sliding on his knees and whatever celebration he had in mind. He already was thinking about it. He leans back. He takes his eye off the ball a little bit. And thank God, because I think if they had finished that one and they bring it back to 2-2, that's where PTSD kicks in for Reading FC. And unfortunately, that self-fulfilling prophecy again, I think if they get that goal, I'm not even sure we managed to hold out for a point. So... Thank God that he choked in that moment. Yeah. What's the biggest moment? Sorry, Alice. What is the biggest moment? That moment or the moment when Gallagher missed for Blackburn, then it would have made it 1-0. Because they are such huge, pivotal, kind of like crucial moments in our whole season. If Blackburn, I'm going to go with the Blackburn one. We're, we're, I'm going to go with the Blackburn one purely because this one, we'd already gone free unbeaten before this game. The Blackburn game, it, it felt like a game where we weren't necessarily um we weren't necessarily going to go out and win that game against Blackburn. I don't think. Blackburn with you know, they're still in the playoff positions at the minute. Um so to, to get a home win against a team like that is is much more difficult than a than a But it is nice that we're talking Stoke. about mistakes from other sides yeah. being pivotal in our season and not mistakes from our own players. Because if sure. it was our player doing that in a two one trailing Lead, imagine how much that would hurt. You know, if Jow skies are over the crossbar when we're conceding 2 1. Again, PTSD to Barnsley away last season. No, <laughs> um, this is a win, Alex. This is a I win. Know. And thankfully, we did hold on. We went, I mean, when I say Reading went deep, they went very, very defensive for the last 15 we minutes. We added the fifth, we, we went Scott, to a back five, Scott right? Dan made an appearance coming on for, for John Swift with about five minutes to go. And I was thinking, oh my god, we're just going to sit back here, and this is not not what I want to see. Because we're I was going scared to the bus parking was going to be dangerous. Because then, if you concede, you're, you're doomed, aren't you? <laughs> like you've got nothing going forward at that point. My, my my brother my brother stood next to me yesterday, and he said, "This is Derby all over again. We're going to concede in the ninety first minute." Oh, you've got to be kidding! That's not going to happen, surely. I can totally see why he was saying that, though. Because during However, the game, yes, you, you get that fear. You're like bracing yourself for it, the reality. And when it doesn't happen, you're like, oh, I knew it wouldn't. <laughs> the difference when I, I is tweeted the game out, like I tweeted game out, hold on. I knew I was going to, well, I tweeted out, hold on, right? When they, when they brought on that. And I had this feeling I was going to have a really dangerous quote retweet of, oh, shit, you know? <laughs> so glad it, all I ended good. it into existence. All ended good. And kind of like, I love the video that the club put afterwards of like um, uh, when I was young and um, kind of all these things. That works really well. 
to build kind of like a momentum and link with the fans, which I think has been missing for a long time. And Club 1871 are doing great work there. And I think people should recognise how much how much hard work they've put into that starting and all the abuse they've received and all the situations. They won't don't want me to do this, but I think they deserve How much they paying you? How much are you getting paid, Paul? <laughs> not enough. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think they've put in so much work and it's not been a great time to set this up because we've basically been crap for years, haven't we? And if we can get to a point where we're actually we're around the playoffs of consistently getting up there, the, the stadium is going to be, be loud, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And is- I said, you know, I only have the luxury most of the time until I go home at Christmas time. I only get to watch it on the stream, but it's refreshing to see fans in the stadium. It's refreshing to hear the sounds of Reading fans. It's not mm. something that, you know, when I was growing up, season ticket holder, everyone made fun of us. You know, it, it's the truth. People made fun of us. And, I think it's really nice that we're building this fan base and this crowd because we do underestimate that 12th man in football. It does make a difference when you feel like you have uh, a people, you know, behind you on your back. And fortunately, over the last couple of matches, they've got the results that they deserve for sticking by. I think the 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 fan base it's not necessarily growing in number yet because of the fact that we've been that bad for however many years, but. As you both said, the the atmosphere at the end yesterday was it was loud, um, and if we end up with a club which is you know pushing for a playoff place or has a really good season at some point in the next couple of years, the stadium will end up being you know I don't know maybe not full but we're talking maybe eighteen nineteen thousand and it will be loud in there um, and and there will be there will be away fans and there will be teams who don't want to come to Reading at that point. Um, so I mean full credit to to the home fans yesterday particularly at the end of the game, because the, the noise in there was was really, really good. Um, and it, it followed on from the Barnsley game as well, where the, the noise from the, the away end at Barnsley was fantastic as well. Yeah, that was brilliant. That was br- Hearing in an away game and hearing songs that I knew were our fans, brilliant. That's what you yes. miss. You miss those days. It sounded great when you when you scored. The noise was fantastic, and like in uh, senior talking about it afterwards, saying it sounded like we were the home team. And I can see why he was saying that. It wasn't just kind of like platitudes for no reason. We actually deserved that. And yeah, I think the momentum's there. We just need the setup to create the right team on the pitch, and I, I think we can really go places. But we'll wait and see if that happens. But at least we're in a safer position than where we were a month ago, which is great. Yes, because four games unbeaten leaves us now eight points clear of Barnsley. And eight points clear. And for the first time in a long time, if we didn't have a points deduction, we would actually be above Hull City, um, which is, I, I, I had to double check that yesterday. But uh, yeah, the first time in a long time, we wouldn't be sitting in 21st place without the points deduction. So Barnsley, you've still got seven games to play. Reading got six games left to play. Jess, is it all over yet? How many points do Reading oh, need? I I will never say it's over until the last game of the season. I think we just got to keep it in our hands, right? And I think it's so important that we don't get complacent. It's very easy, and I understand it. I'm excited too. When the final whistle went, you felt this sigh of relief and this weight off your shoulders because you feel more like it's in your hands. You feel more like this is a team that's going to pick up points for themselves. This is a team that isn't done yet that they're putting in performances but until that last game day or match day I should say uh I'm not feeling I'm not feeling secure but let's keep on this momentum let's keep on this role I think that 
now we just need to keep the ball rolling with these performances that we're putting out we're grinding and like Paul mentioned earlier we're getting a bit of luck that we deserve so I still think we need a couple more good wins but I think they need to come sooner rather than later because that momentum is key if you pick up a couple of bad losses then all of a sudden the confidence drop the fans are getting you know we're all getting a bit more squeaky in the behind so uh, I'm hoping to feel safe soon but complacency is what really needs to be avoided. And I think that Ince talked about that in his um, post-game presser, right? And I'm glad that he's installing that in the players that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what it takes to be mathematically safe. We just want to finish as many games with a win as possible. And we've got Cardiff at home on, on Saturday, Paul. Do you think that do you think that has the, uh, the the hallmarks of another home win and potentially for the first time this season, a third home win in a row? God, that is mind-blowing. Just imagine that. That's like Christmas all of a sudden, isn't it, in kind of like April? Um, yeah, I think we'll win again. Cardiff took an absolute stuffing, didn't they, against Swansea on Saturday. Was it 4-0? Yes. Um, yeah, I can't see anything but us winning. We're the ones who want to win that game. Cardiff are not great. We beat them early in the season during the Hoylet goal there when he was playing up front. That was a good goal as well, actually, remembering now. Yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to go for 2-1 to us. We always concede. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's 3-0. But yeah, 2-1. What are you going to say, Jess? Let's go with a 2-0. Let's get a clean sheet. I feel like it's about time and... We talked about the goalkeeping error. How nice would it be to instill faith in your defenders than picking up a clean sheet with a couple of big saves? So keep that ball rolling, keep the momentum going, and most importantly, get some defensive uh, cohesiveness. I think I'm going to roll with with Jess's prediction and go 2-0 as well. Not necessarily. We're not we're not high scoring under Ince necessarily, but I think there's got, there's got to be another clean sheet coming at some point soon. Um, so I'm hopeful that it is Saturday. We will be back later this week with a preview from Jacob and a Cardiff fan. I do not know who, but there will be a Cardiff fan to preview the Cardiff game. Um, and then we'll be back on Sunday with a review of the Cardiff match and hopefully three more points for Reading. Cheers, Paul and Jess, for joining me. And cheers, everybody, for listening. Thank you.